On this week's show, we're casting our gaze a little bit bigger. Not so much running as a personal trial, but running as a representative for something a lot larger. Your country. Up first, we have Jess O'Connell. She just ran a new national record in 8.46 in the Indoor 3000 at the Milrose Games. We caught up with her just before she heads off to represent Canada at NACAC Cross Country. And coming up a little bit later, Blake Haney. He's the Oregon fifth year and dual citizen who recently pursued the process to switch allegiances for international competition from the United States, for who he competed for at the Pan Am Junior Games, to Canada. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Jessica O'Connell, the Calgarian Olympian, has been one of our best for quite a while. So it was no surprise at all when at the Milrose Games last week, she ran the fastest indoor 3000 meter ever run by a Canadian woman in a time of 846. We chatted earlier this week about running for Canada at the World Cross Country Championships coming up, her new record, the injury bug, and a whole lot more. Right, we are joined by Canadian record holder, Jessica O'Connell. How's that, how's that sound after that uh, after that race on the weekend? <laughs> I just got shivers. I'm like sweating a little bit, actually. <laughs> Ooh, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, like... The Milrose Games, that is like, it's just one of those big meets, you know, it's, it's so legendary, uh, you know, spanning back decades and decades. Um, what, what was it like to run there? You know, like, what was the environment like? It's so cool. Like I grew up watching the meet on TV. I used to watch it every year. It was the first track meet I watched on TV. So that was all, it's always been extra special in my mind. Um, it's, it's so neat because it's such a small venue and there's zillions of people. So it's, it's loud and it's like energetic and powerful and everyone, everyone knows that they're there to run fast and everyone knows that every field is good. So there's just, there's not pressure, but there's just like this unspoken, like extra edge to make you run extra fast. So I knew it was going to be a good race. <laughs> 84650 uh you know that is that is one heck of a time it, it got you third in that race is that is that the time that you kind of thought that you'd get and and the placing that you kind of thought you'd get to kind of like i was being cautiously optimistic i'd say like my workouts have been going well and my the paces i was hitting i thought suggested that i could do that but i was nervous cuz you know it's one thing to do good workouts and it's another thing to actually put it together so I thought I could, and I thought I'd place around there, but I'd have to have a good day. You know, you've, and I had a good day. <laughs> you've been you've been running professionally for for a whole bunch of years. I mean, you were you were in the first year of of this program, which means that you've been running for for at least four years professionally, and you know, long before that as well. Too, do you still you know take a look at that start list and see names like Emma Coburn, and you know, kind of get a little bit nervous, or like, are you, do you think you're kind of past that now? I don't get nervous really by names because, I mean, if they're better than me, they're better than me. That's just what it is. Um, I almost get excited because it's fun to race, race racers who are just a touch faster than you are because I like taking on to people and being pulled along and pushing myself that extra edge. So those start lists don't intimidate me so much as just make me like super, super excited to see what I can do. It's a little different with like ultra fast Africans who just, whoop everyone because then I'm not really in the same race as them but 
but people who are actually touchable, it's, it's just fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I remember the f- the first time that you were on, you know, we were talking about uh, you would run like an indoor 3000 at that time, too. And you said this was kind of like on on, you know, the fastest edge of, of the of a race that you're comfortable running. Is, it, is that still the case? You know, like, have you have you explored maybe some some faster workouts since then? Or like, or do you still feel like that's that's about as as fast as you want to go as a 3000? Oh, I'd love to go faster. <laughs> the race felt, um, it felt good. Like it was hard. It was, it was a good race. Um, but I wasn't lying on the ground after, um, after every good race, you just feel good, right? It's funny how the best races feel almost easy and the worst races are, are so hard, even though they're slower. So I would love to race it again and, and try and go even faster, but maybe that's all there is. Maybe there's not, it's not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> You know, you're you're talking um, just beforehand about uh, the situation with with Canadian women all really running fast right now. You know, we've seen a, a bunch of records fallen just in 2019 on the on the indoor track. You know, uh, talk to me a little bit about that. You know, like what what has it done for your racing? Is it something that's kind of in the back of your mind when when you show the line? <laughs> well, uh, I thought in my head, Rick, I better try and go for this 3K record because <laughs> Gabriella is obliterating everything. And so there's a gap here for now. <laughs> I better take it before she does. <laughs> so there is that. But um, it's also just, it's so cool because cause all my friends are running so well. And, and when they do, it, it just it's inspiring. Like I was in the Whole Foods in New York thinking of Jenna Westaway because the last time I'd been in that Whole Foods, we were there together. And I was looking through the results, and I see how fast she ran, and I just started bawling like <laughs> in the Whole Foods because I'm just so excited for her. And that's such a good way to start a race. You're excited for people who run well, and it helps. I think it does. You know, speaking of Jenna and, uh, you know, you guys obviously spent a bit of time together because, you know, you're based out of Calgary. She was based out of Calgary, now based out of Guelph. Well, what's mm-hmm. what's it like with the, the winter training in Calgary? Because, uh, you know, I think a lot of us Ontarians, uh, at least us Southern Ontarians, you know, we, we take a look at that and, and just just looks like it would be terrible training conditions. But obviously it's working for you. It's actually not that bad. It has been very, very cold the last few weeks, like minus 30-ish. But we have a 450-meter track around a speed skating oval. <laughs> like You can't beat that. It's 450 mm-hmm. meters. So that's where I do most of my, well, all of my track workouts and a couple of my off-day runs now that it's gotten so cold. So it's actually not that bad. And I have a couple of guys who have been working out with me. They're orienteers as <laughs> they're willing to help me out and do the workouts that I want to do and pace me. So having training partners, I think, overrides sunshine and warmth because I'm able to crank out these like high-quality workouts like consistently on this nice big track. So it's actually not bad, really. <laughs> You ran this excellent three thousand, and but you know it was, it was also mentioned uh, because you're you're taking off a, a day from from when this uh, this interview is happening. You know you're, you're taking off for for NACAC for for cross country. So what what have the workouts been like uh, lately? Like kind of what have you been tailoring things to? Oh, that's a really good question because I've been almost uncomfortable doing the three k because I know that my focus is cross country. But I've, I've had really mixed training, so I've been doing some longer cross-country workouts and lots of hill work, and I was doing quite a bit outside before it got cold. And then I do 
a track workout at least once a week, sometimes twice, but not all the time. And I didn't do a lot of like 3K paced work until I committed to the Melrose race. So I haven't been hammering that at that many fast intervals, but I've been really surprised to see that my speed's there. Like the the reason why I decided to do the Melrose race was because I was running 400 meter repeats, 300 meter repeats without hitting lactic, just as fast as I always do without doing a bunch of speed work. And I thought, gee, this cross country stuff actually made me quite speedy and fit. So I think there is something to be said about just like being really, really strong aerobically and that that does translate to speed and you can run really well off that. So I did a couple of sharpening workouts that I probably wouldn't have done had I not raced the 3K, but really only a few and it came together quite nicely, obviously. So that's been really interesting. I don't think Mike, my coach and I thought that I would respond so well to the cross country training. So I think that I'm going to stick to doing longer, more grinding intervals for quite a bit longer and keep that as a big part of my training going into the summer because I, yeah, it seems to be working well. And um, I think it's a little easier on my body than pounding out super fast, short bits. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I mean, like you have to think like, how does this set you up for, for some good 5,000s this spring? Do you think, do you think this will complement it nice? Exactly. Like that's why I wanted to do cross country was because I have had some problems with injuries and I wanted to try something a bit different. And I knew committing to the team would force me to change things up and keep in sort of a, not a, not a base season, but more of a grindy like aerobic season for longer without getting tempted to just hop into track workouts. Cause you just kind of do because, because the options there. So I think that I think it's a good foundation for a fast five. That's still like my forefront goal for the spring is a fast five and through the summer. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see how that translates. You know, you, you mentioned something else uh, as well too, you know, over the past couple of years, you, you've dealt a lot with, with injuries and stuff. And oftentimes that can, can reshape a runner's mind uh, as to how they approach things. You know, what, what are some things that you've picked up over the past couple of years, you know, just some, some preventative stuff to, to make sure that, that you'll last the whole season and, you know, you know, make it to those big races. <laughs> well, I haven't exactly figured that out yet. <laughs> I keep getting hurt. <laughs> but um, one thing that I've learned is that there are so many different ways to skin a cat, which I've heard is not a very appropriate phrase. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't, I don't need months and months and months and months of perfect training to run well, I've learned. I can run well off of cross training and some running, but getting an injury doesn't mean that my season's necessarily over. It's not shot. Like there are more ways to get fit. And if it's through cross training and water running and stuff, like boring, it sucks. I don't enjoy it, but it gets the job done. (laughs) So that's quite motivating when I'm in the pool, um, bored out of my mind because it, it keeps my fitness there. I'm able to run well off of that. So that's really cool because these runs, these injuries aren't catastrophic anymore. They're just, they're annoying, but they're not catastrophic. <laughs> you know, there was uh, a lot of talk about a, a rule change that uh, you ended up benefiting from uh, for the cross-country team selection um, in that, 
geez, this is almost kind of hard to explain, but uh, I'm, I'm sure the people who are listening, you know, have a pretty good idea of how it is. There's a certain number of spots that were secure if you got that at national championships. And then I believe the last two spots, at least this time around, uh, were open for the Federation to pick. And uh, you were one of those people because uh, you didn't quite make it to the start line. I believe that was injury related. What did, what did you think when you saw that rule come out and, you know, how things have played out since? I was so happy. So that exact day, I did a cross-country workout, and I was coming off of my Achilles injury, and I was trying really, really hard to get ready in time, and I I wasn't. Like, I wasn't where I needed to be to run well at cross-country nationals, and it was too aggressive of a... It was borderline too aggressive of a return, and I was about to pull the plug. I was like, this is is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to run well. Um... So I actually got home from that workout, and I was going to write a letter to my coach saying, like, let's, let's scrap the cross-country idea, make some new plans. But then I saw the criteria. I was like, okay, well, I think I might have just been given a gift here. <laughs> That's so good. I'm so happy that I don't have all of this pressure to get ready for this race in a couple of weeks, and, and I, I'm not. Um, so I felt so lucky. I felt a little bit unsettled because it felt strange to not – like earn the spot in a trial situation since that's how it's always been but because that opportunity was given to me like I had to take it I I had really wanted to run world cross so I just I feel lucky that that was the criteria and um and almost motivated to do not that I would never not do a good job but I want I want to make people feel like that was the right decision (laughs) you know world cross it's uh it's, it's going to be such a cool meet this year with it being in Denmark and everything. And, you know, I know a lot of people, especially on the Canadian team, have, have a lot of high hopes and, and a lot of big goals. Uh, what, you know, what are, what are some of the goals that you formed? Uh, you know, where, how are you going to walk away satisfied? Like, what, what would be the best, uh, best situation for you? That's such a good question because cross country is so obscure. And it's funny going into a race knowing that being in the 20s or the 30s is actually a really, really good race. So I I think a a good race that would have meaning for me would be to run with my teammates because they're a lot more experienced in cross-country at a world level than I am, and they've done tremendously well. So if I can be within range of them, then I think that I've run a really, really good race because I trust that they'll be ready, and and I trust that, well, that they're good people to, to work off of because... What is 15th place? What is 30th place? What is 45th place? It's so obscure. So that's sort of a tangible way to look at it. <laughs> you know, take a look at this year, um, you know, the Canadian championships, uh, the track championships are, are really going to be uh, something something pretty cool. Uh, you know, as, we, as we've mentioned, the fields have just gotten so, so good, uh, you know, over the past couple of years. Uh, but also it's going to be a world championship year too in Doha uh, in, you know, September, October. What what are the big goals for you heading into the outdoor track season? Um, well, my goal is always to try and break 15 in the 5K. That's been my goal for like four or five years. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, so that that's a big one. Um, I plan to focus on the five again, so I'd like to be on that world championship team. Um, a big goal would be to make the final at Worlds. So it's another thing that I haven't quite nailed yet. Um, So working towards that and hopefully getting a couple of fast races in prior to that. 
the schedule will be quite a bit different this year with Worlds being so late, so I'm not quite sure how my season will look. But running fast, play, placing high, it's all, all you can ask for. Ah, uh, definitely. And you know what? It's uh, it's been really good to see you. You know, back running those uh, those times that that you were doing a couple of years ago again. And you know, it's it's been a lot of fun to to watch you, and especially at Milrose, that was very very mm-hmm. cool. You know, I appreciate you for for being on the on the show this week. Um, you know, and and taking the time to to be on it and all that sort of stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was in late December of last year that news broke that the IAAF had approved Canadian-American dual citizen Blake Haney's application to switch allegiances from the red, white, and blue he wore at the Pan Am Juniors a few years back to a Canadian singlet. The change would take place in July, in time for the national championships, where the Oregon fifth year would likely make a big impact, holding a PB of 339 and 356 in the 1500 and mile respectively. We caught up to talk about the switch, the role of cross-country in his indoor season, adjusting to changes at Oregon, and a whole lot more. All right, so you, you've made a lot of news over, over this past last uh, half year or so, you know, past couple of months. But I think a good place to start would be this indoor season. Man, you've been, uh, you've been lighting it up so far. Um, talk, talk about what your 2019 has been like on the track and, you know, is it, is it living up to your expectations? Yeah, definitely. It's been a steady, uh, steady progression from cross country season. I think um, still a little early in the indoor season, short season, but um, still a lot more racing to do. Um, yeah, we're still. I've been working a lot on strength this this last this last year and a half, really, and I think it's starting to show off, starting to pay off. And still ran a good eight, uh, close to my eight hundred PB to open the season, and. Yeah, things have been going really smooth, so I'm excited to keep you going. I mean, that was a solid eight. Uh, you know, you, you've put down some very, very solid mile, 1,500 times uh, before as well, too. But, I mean, it should be noted you were you were top duck last year um, on on the cross-country course, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about that. I mean, like, how how do you handle the workouts? And, you know, is, is that something where you see yourself going to in the future, maybe taking a look at the five? Uh, or bigger? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't want to rule anything out. Um, I think CrossFit is something I've always taken seriously, and I think as a runner, it's really important to focus on things that don't come as naturally to you, and I think maybe that longer distance, um, especially up towards 10K, 8K, um, it's not, it hasn't been easy for me, um, but I do, I do really enjoy it, and I think it's something that I like to train for. It really breaks up the track training and gets you gets in a shape that um, is different to track, and it's pretty fun. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would uh, I would mind g- going back to cross-country in the future or even, yeah, sign the 5K. Um, I think maybe there's plans to try one 5K at least in the spring, but um, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, yeah, I think that training is uh, – I really enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, it's good to work on the things that I'm not as strong at, and I think that's something that cross-country – does a really good job of being out for me at least so. so this this is your i guess your your last kick at the can in the ncaa uh eligibility year mm-hmm. five do you feel like there's there's a little bit added pressure uh knowing that that going into this year i i, I guess so i think um it's not it's not any pressure that i've have i'd have differently i think i think it's you do want to make it count but i think there's also you can't really force it to happen. I think it's got to happen naturally. And 
for me, it's important to kind of just go about um, my business, try and take care of things a day at a time, and hopefully it'll work out from the best. Um, I think in the past, I might have tried to force results that weren't necessarily ready to happen. And I think, um, if anything, I'm bringing in a lot of lessons I've learned in the past to my fifth, to my last year of college. And um, so hopefully those things will start to start to pay off. You know, it's it pretty big news in the running world when the when the Powells decided to uh, to move on. Uh, they were the the coach at Oregon, where um, where you are attending right now. What did uh, what did that mean for you? Yeah, it's t- it was tough initially. With I mean, I, I was with him for four years, and uh, we had a close relationship. We still do, and um, I don't talk to him as much. But yeah, I think it was it was tough initially. I didn't really know what. I was supposed to do. I think um, it's I'm not. It's hard to change coaches like that when you think you have something figured out. And uh, for me, it was kind of like take a step back a little bit, try and calm down, and talk to the people that I trust and that have been there with me in the process. And yeah, I think um, once I had heard that Coach Thomas was coming in, Coach Ben Thomas, uh, I was pretty excited. I got to talk on the phone with him uh, in the middle of the summer. And he kind of like laid out my plan, kind of laid out the plan for the season, kind of told me his philosophy and stuff. Got to know each other on like a personal level, and uh, it made me really excited and um, happy, happy to start the happy to start the year. And um, I think it's he's really freshened up my training and most of the team's training. And uh, moving forward, yeah, we're very excited to have him, and um, it makes that loss we had earlier in the summer um, a lot, a lot more manageable. So. You know, um, I was reading an article where you mentioned that you know there's there's new uh, new things being thrown at you in your training and that sort of stuff. It, perhaps you can expand on that. You know, like what's uh, what's new to the plan, and and are you you know do you feel that you're adapting well to it? Yeah, I think uh, there's not a time like going into specifics. Um, I think maybe like it's just completely. I, I think a lot of runners will tell you that I've had multiple coaches like there's a lot of different ways to do things um, and still perform at a high level. And I think that my eyes are really open to that um, with this coaching change. I think I was really comfortable with what I was doing with coach Powell and I was so used to it. And I almost had it down to like, I almost knew what workouts we were going to do at what times. And um, I get with coach Thomas now and it's like, I'm doing workouts I've never done before. And I think I'm the most experienced guy on the team. And even I'm unfamiliar with things now. So um, I think in terms of that, we're just on the track a lot less and uh, it's still, it's, it's a little different than what I'm used to, but it's really starting to pay off. And um, I think a lot of the guys love it. Um, I'm starting to love it. And yeah, I think just a lot of different workouts um, specifically, I think uh, we don't, I don't think we've done anything similar to what we did in the past, which is kind of cool. Um, and we're still, and I mean, our team's still performing well, which is all that really matters. So we know it's working and, it's really cool to see that kind of take shape. You know, taking a look at the past couple of years, uh, you had a you had a really really big mile PB uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was a, a three fifty six, uh, which is mm-hmm. you know just an an unreal time. Uh, you're starting to get you know taking a look at your IAAF page. You're, you're starting to get you know a few more PBs and and other distances and stuff. Is that is that is that a mark that you have your eye on um, this indoor season? Uh, I think it's in the back of my mind. I don't think I'm going to really go out of my way to try and get a mile PB. I think you have to run a fast mile regardless to qualify for NCAA indoors. 
Um, so I think qualifying for that is obviously on uh, is a priority at this point, and so I'll look to do that in the next coming weeks. But uh, in terms of PBs, like PBs are fantastic, um, and obviously you need to you need those times to slow like go down eventually um, in order to keep improving. And but I think at this point I've kind of just tried not to focus on them. I think it's something you can get really caught up in and start to overthink and uh, do more harm than good, honestly. So for me, I think, yeah, just trying not to really force the time and kind of just focus more on the competitive aspect of racing and competing with guys is really what will make me better. And I think everyone kind of says um, says it, but, like, times come when you're competing, and I think hopefully that will be the case for me as well. Okay, so I think it's time that, that we talk about the, the thing that has really landed you uh, in the news over the past couple of months. Uh, you, in fact, you know, a couple of years ago, you, you put on the, the USA singlet. Um, it was announced late last year, or maybe it was early this year, that uh, that you'd be running for Canada, that, that you're switching allegiances, you're running for Canada. I believe you, you are, in fact, a, a dual citizen. Talk about, you know, what, what was that decision process to, to make that switch? Um, you know, why, why'd you do it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a long process. Um, I mean, I, I've been, I've been a dual citizen for a long time. I think it's been 12 or 14 years, somewhere around there. So most of my life, um, I think I have a dad, uh, my dad was born, raised in, uh, Surrey, um, moved, moved to the United States, uh, right around college for him and ended up staying. But, um, yeah, I think it was something that, I mean, I've had, yeah, since a young age, just the pride of being not only an American citizen, but also a Canadian citizen. And, uh, I still have a lot of family, a lot of aunts, uncles, cousins that live in Canada all around. Um, and so I've got to, I got to grow up visiting them and spending a lot of time there. And it was a really unique, it's a really unique experience being a dual citizen. I think you get to look at things a little differently than other people and you get a lot of different experiences. And yeah, I think, um, once I started running, it was, I never had really like thought like what my allegiances were. Uh, I never really like went into like researched it or anything. I think it was just something that kind of happened. And I lived in the United States at the time and, um, yeah, so I ran world youth in Pan Ams for the United States and, uh, it was it was great. I had a lot of time. I had a lot of fun representing um, the United States. It was a great experience for me. Um, but I mean, me and my dad always talked back and forth um, about maybe switching. I mean, having the option at least to switch my citizenship. And eventually, uh, it made sense this last like about a year ago, and we started thinking about a way to um, materialize it. Um, and I think. Yeah, I think to me it was important to know that if I was going to do it, I was going to be fully committed, um, and I was going to. It was something I wanted to do, and I think it's something now that I've actually I've taken a lot of pride in, and I'm really proud to. Um, I haven't obviously represented Canada yet, but it's something that hopefully I will get to do in the future, and something that I'm very grateful has um, been hap- has been allowed to happen for me. And um, yeah, it's something I'm not going to take lightly. I'm very excited to start competing for Canada. And I think a lot of people could maybe look at it as motivated. I was motivated for the wrong reasons to do it. Um, but to me, I think it's, it's a lot more than that. And it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, so I'm very excited and very happy. Uh, it's going to be a great experience for me and very grateful with the help Athletics Canada gave me, um, to make the switch and they've all been very kind to me. So I think it's, should be a good transition for me in my career. 
You know, I, I talked to uh, to Brandon Lord a couple of years ago. Uh, he ran uh, at Virginia and, and represented Canada at the World Half Marathon Championships, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago. And he, he talked to me that, you know, even though he spent a lot of time in the States, uh, you know, even, even growing up, he, he said he always considered himself to be a Canadian through it all. Let's talk about your mm-hmm. identity a little bit. You know, like, did you, did you kind of have the, those feelings as well? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I think growing up, like, I mean, I played, I actually played a lot of hockey growing up um, and stuff like this, things like that. I think it was always, I always had my, my identity was sort of based around having a dual citizenship. I don't think it was ever, um, I, I never really thought of myself as just American growing up. I think it was really, um, it was very, yeah, very based around both and so i think for me that's why something like this because this isn't something i would want to take lightly i mean this is like what i want to be doing for a career potentially um is running track and competing for uh, world championships and representing the country um that i'm proud to be a part of and i think so when i made this decision it was really it really wasn't something that i wanted to do based on just like a initial feeling or like oh this might be a better route for me because it's easier or, or whatever anyone else might say. I think to me, this is something that was natural. It felt right. And uh, I think it's a big part of who I am as a person. So, so do you, do you have a plan? When's uh, when's the first Canadian meet that you're going to run? Is that going to be the national championships this year? Yeah, I think, I think that's how, um, I think I'm allowed to can be yeah, right. Um, right in July. So I think the first meet will be the national championships. Yeah. And you know, have you have you been asked the the standard questions as to you know who your favorite uh, who your favorite hockey player is, uh, you know, perhaps your your favorite donut <laughs> chain uh, and your favorite tragically hip song? I think those those three are they're all on the citizenship test. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're on there. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So my dad my dad's actually a Toronto Maple Leafs fan um, since he was younger, so. Naturally, I kind of followed the suit with him, and uh, I'm trying to pick probably Mitch Marner. He's probably my favorite hockey player right now. Obviously, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, we're going all time. I think there's a lot of great. There's a lot of greats. So mm. Wayne Gretzky or Gordy Howe all time, but Mitch Marner at the moment is probably one of my favorite hockey players. Um, what were the other two questions you asked? Uh, favorite donut chain and probably favorite favorite tragically hip song. But if you can't do that, maybe favorite rush song. I'm pretty sure that'd be acceptable as well. Okay. Um, favorite donut chain. I think. Well, we have this place in Eugene called Voodoo Donuts, and they're pretty much centered around. They're centered around like, wacky. It's wacky donuts, and um, it's pretty obscure. So they have like donuts with Oreos on them, or donuts with like bacon and maple um icing and so i'd say voodoo donuts in eugene uh that's probably my favorite donut place and in terms of chains i don't really go to donut chains that often so i don't know if i would um have a great answer to that and i actually don't i actually don't listen to rush that often so i don't have a good answer for that oh that would be well we'll we'll have to i hope i'm not really disappoint too many people with that but 
um oh so. fa- fair enough fair enough we'll have to uh we'll have to put together a, a gofundme maybe send you out the, the tragically hips greatest <laughs> hits or something like that uh well yeah, yeah. hey man this is uh this is coming at an interesting time for you i mean like uh you know you've been running really well uh, we can expect to see some th- big things on the outdoor track and it's not inconceivable that you won't hit some sort of qualifying standard to to go to doha this year um as well so i mean like what what are the big goals for for this outdoor track season coming up? Yeah, I think um, I haven't really had time to really sit down with my coach and kind of like talk about our outdoor as much. I think after cross country, it was sort of straight to indoor and focused on that. I think indoor is intense in, in college because in the NCAA because you have such a short time to get these fast times and then you have to get ready for the national meet. Um, but yeah, I think off the top of my head, I think. Uh, we have the indoor and civil or the outdoor and civil meet, excuse me, uh, which I think will plan to run well there. I think I'll stay with the fifteen hundred meter um, there and try and uh, compete for a national title. Um, that's going to be a main focus. And then after that, yeah, I think uh, hopefully take care of whatever times are necessary for Pan Ams and uh, out World Championships. Um, Apart from that, yeah, I get to compete in my first Canadian National Championship, which will be very exciting. Um, so hopefully I'll be ready to roll for that. And Yeah, I mean, above all above all that, just staying healthy and enjoying, enjoying the process and enjoying training. I think those are two things I hold uh, at a high standard that I need to – got to keep enjoying it and obviously stay healthy if you want to um, achieve – great things in this sport so i think those are two things i'm gonna look to do also well we we look forward to see uh see what the what the results of this all are man really appreciate you coming on today and and talking about the talking about the move and and the switch and all that sort of good stuff as well too and really happy to see that, that you're having such a great season so far it's uh it's uh it's really nice to see so you know thanks thanks a lot for being on the show man yeah no problem yeah thanks for having me it's great to talk to you uh great to maybe get some questions out there that have been been going around so yeah happy to be on it and uh look forward to talking to you in the future well that wraps up another edition of the terminal mile big thanks to my guests this week both blake and jessica as well as Citraki for their ongoing support if you want to find us online you can do so at the terminal mile we're on both instagram and twitter with that handle We also have a Facebook page now, so be sure to shoot us a like there. If you want to listen to us, which, hey, we're a podcast, that's what you do, you can go to Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, iTunes, and of course, Tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.